At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, presented by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care providers of the Hornets. Rob Longo with you today after Charlotte's 112-102 loss in Utah yesterday. Yes, it is sadly a Silver Linings edition of the HHC today. We'll break this one down, provide you with our top performers as the Hornets now fall to 16-17 and 17 on the season, but brighter days are certainly ahead for the Purple and Teal as they only have one more game left on their six-game Western Conference road swing, the longest of the season, by the way. Plus, we'll talk about the latest episode of Real Access, which dropped late last night. And I say we, because help me along to provide baseline-to-baseline coverage of Buzz City basketball is the grizzled vet around these parts, the Vice President of Digital Media, Matt Rachinsky. Matt, thank you for hopping on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, despite it being a Silver Linings edition. Hey, man, happy to be here as always, Rob. The grizzled vet, man, I think I like that. Maybe I should get that tattooed somewhere. We can do it on the next uh, tat talk if you do that. So <laughs> we'll work it into the uh, the content meetings. We'll put it that way. But uh, let's go ahead and recap this one as it was another slow start for Charlotte. The Hornets started the game 0 of 8 from the field and didn't score their first field goal until the 725 mark of the first quarter. And by then it was already 15 to 2 Utah. The Jazz led at 35-16 after the first quarter of play as Charlotte was 5 of 24 from the floor and 2 of 6 from beyond the arc through 12 minutes. The second quarter was much better though as the Hornets shot 44% from the field and outscored Utah 25-19 in the stanza thanks to 12 points in the first half from Miles Bridges. Inbounded to Bridges, straightaway three on its way, yes! And Miles Bridges gives the three-point signal himself. Drilling another Lowe's three-point shot, it's his second of the quarter. He's got a dozen. Hornets down 13. So Charlotte ended up trailing by 13, headed into the locker room, but Utah ripped off an 8-0 run early in the second half. Charlotte cut the deficit to 12, heading into the final frame. From there, Charlotte mounted a comeback, ripping off a 23-9 run and taking the lead for the first time since the 11-31 mark of the first quarter when it was 2-0 in the ballgame. Through the lane, the runner, no, taken away by Miles Bridges. Hornets with numbers. Oubre gallops into the lane, dunks it down with two hands, and that Dr. Pepper dunk has put the Hornets back on top for the first time since the first quarter. However, that was short-lived as Utah closed the game on a 20-8 run to win it 112-102 as Charlotte falls below 500 for the first time this season at 16-17. and Matt, it's been a long road trip. Another slow start tripped up the Hornets. We'll get into our silver linings here in our next segment, but I want to get your initial takeaways after this one. Man, I'll tell you what, is this road trip, you, you mentioned it yourself, longest road trip of the year. I think we're all ready for it to just end at this point in time. I mean, we're sick of being road warriors. I want to get us back at Spectrum Center at some point in time. But, you know, this one was an emotional journey. It took us on. You watch what's happened in the last two games leading up to this one for the Hornets against Portland and then two nights ago against Phoenix. When you look at that, you want to see this team bounce back. Coach talked before the game about wanting the team to be resilient, controlling what they can control, just 
being ready to respond and, and to see the team come out and start the way they did with, you know, you said we didn't hit a field goal until the 725 mark. That's not the kind of start you obviously want to get off to when you're on the road playing a team like Utah that can score points in bunches. You had the two highest scoring teams in the NBA going at it last night and, and they came out and they put it on us early, but you, you mentioned it yourself, Miles Bridges, you know, give him all the credit in the world for keeping the team in it early on, especially in the first quarter when he was the only starter to score in double figures, you know, coming off of a game in which he was the only starter to score in double figures for the Hornets. So Miles continuing to play at that level, but it just seemed like everybody else was maybe playing a little catch-up. I don't know if it had to do with Gordon Hayward being out for the first time all season long and not being in that starting lineup. You know, he's a little bit of a calming presence, but they didn't look good early on. But this team, man, the way they fought back, you, that's where I'm saying this is that emotional roller coaster. You really just get on board with these guys. And you remember some of those games earlier in the season when we were coming back from 19, 20, 25 points down in winning games. And that's what we got to see last night. Hornets trailed by as many as 28 in last night's contest. A lot of coaches will say that you can't win a game in the first quarter, but you can certainly lose one. And that's what James Borrego said last night. First quarter, you know, that's where we lost the game, really, the first quarter. I thought we were trying the first quarter. I mean, we got good shots again. There's a microcosm of last night, a little bit. Shots were not falling. Tonight, we stuck with it. Won the second quarter, won the third quarter, won the fourth quarter. Built a lead. I think we got a one-point lead with three minutes to go. Kept battling. So we showed resiliency. We showed fight. Got to get off to better starts. We understand that. We own it. We got to be better there. JB was talking into a tin can after last night's game out in Utah, apparently. But at any rate, you're still able to make out what he was trying to convey, at least. But Matt, with that said, one of the things that Sam Farber and I talked about at the end of our post game on the Hornets radio network last night was, personally, I don't know how to feel after this one. Do I feel frustrated because the Hornets were down by 28 at one point? Do I feel some confidence because Charlotte was able to mount this comeback and take a lead late in the fourth quarter? Or am I still frustrated again because it shouldn't have even gotten to that point when they were trailing by 28 so i am just a roller coaster of emotions to use your term yes it's flabbergasting isn't it i tell you i don't really know how to feel either myself because you know i do feel better about the way this team closed i do feel better about the fact that hey you win three out of four quarters in in most basketball games you're gonna win that basketball game but you just got in such a big hole early on but i'll tell you what i feel the most confident about is the performance of Terry Rozier. You know, him to be able to perform the way he did in the fourth, and we might get to that here in a little bit, just to see him step up. I haven't seen that come out of Terry since he's come back kind of in that first quarter mode, and now maybe this can kind of trigger that to get him going. You know, Del Curry made a really great point on last night's broadcast, you know, as the game was winding down, that, you know, with us having to be this team that's had to battle through COVID and through health and safety protocols, he's starting to see a little bit of a pattern in some of these guys as they come back. When they come back early on that first game, they're pretty pumped and they can kind of get off on it and, and get up, get going really well. And they, these guys have been doing that, but then there's kind of that, hey, you got to get your win back. and You got to wait until you can find that point when you miss that many days to get back into that game shape, I guess, as you want to call it. So I think Terry's kind of hitting that point right now, but hopefully now he's turned a corner and is really going to kind of start to excel again because he looked confident there in the fourth quarter. When you take a look at this box score, Miles Bridges and LaMelo Ball tied for team high in points with 21 points. Both of them had double doubles as well. Miles Bridges had 21 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. LaMelo Ball, 21 points, 6 rebounds. 11 assists for his double-double and some other notable performances like Terry Rozier scoring 20 points. So three starters, 20 points or more 
Jalen McDaniels, another strong performer, 14 points coming off the bench. On the other side, though, for Utah, there was a big disparity in free throw shooting. The Jazz went to the line 37 times. Rudy Gobert went 16 times. He made 15 free throws. That is a career high. He is normally a 67% free throw shooter. He goes for a game-high 23 points, tied with Boban Bogdanovich with 23 points as well. Gobert also pulled down 21 rebounds. Matt, we know what kind of player Rudy Gobert is. We expected for him to have a big game, but I don't think anybody on their bingo card had him going 15 to 16 from the line because even if he is at his average, even if he is pedestrian, this is a completely different ball game last night. I'm not saying that the reason why the Hornets lost was simply because Rudy Gobert had a career night. It certainly didn't help, but that was one of the reasons why the Hornets fell 112 to 102 in Utah last night. Also, by the way, the Jazz shot 53 three-pointers, which is just absolutely bonkers. I know they're a volume team, but just some staggering numbers when you take a look at the box score. And Oh, by the way, Utah had a season-high 68 rebounds in this win, which also didn't help the cause for the Purple and Teal. Yeah, and you you talk about those three-pointers that they were throwing up. They were hitting them at the right time. You know, both Bogdanovich and Donovan Mitchell had tremendous fourth quarters as we came back and took that lead. Everybody in my house is up high five and we're ready to go. We think things are actually going to turn around here. And then all of a sudden Bogdanovich comes down and hits a three and he comes down and hits another three that looks like it's going to rim out and it comes back into the hoop somehow. I mean, these guys were hitting those shots at key points in time and Donovan Mitchell showed why he was the all-star that he was, even though credit the Hornets, this guy's been averaging 30 points over the last nine games and they held him to 21. So I feel good about what they did, but at the same point in time, when he needed to take control and when he needed to step up and big and hit the big shots and a big three-point play when Horn- the Hornets looked to have some momentum was huge. And you're right about Rudy Gobert. The guy's never going to shoot 15 of 16 from the free throw line again. Maybe he will. I've got to believe that it's not going to happen. Not when a guy is usually that kind of a shooter, but he was definitely in his zone. But I'll tell you what, it's not just those free throws. It's those 21 rebounds, too, with seven of them being offensive. He's the type of guy that can just create new possessions. We didn't get hurt as bad by it as we could. Second chance points, Jazz only outscored us 22-16, to 16, and we actually outscored them in the paint. That's crazy when you look at a guy like Gobert pulling down 21 boards, but that means he was getting it out to some of those shooters to hit those 16 out of 53 threes. To your point about the timely three-point shooting, Royce O'Neal was held scoreless for the entire game. He was 0 of 8 from the floor. He had 13 rebounds. He comes down late in the game and hits a corner three, and it just kind of felt like it was the dagger at that point because that's just the way that the cookie crumbled for the Hornets last night. Again, a 112-102 loss in Utah. Charlotte now falls to 16 and 17 on the season, but Again, all hope is not lost. We got plenty to talk about about this one, including our silver linings, which comes your way next right here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. I could have gotten my hearing aids anywhere, but going to a doctor who could find a set that fit my lifestyle was a good idea. Music sounds as clear now as when I listen to it on cassette tapes. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offers a wide variety of hearing aids. With affordable pricing and credit options, our patients can find hearing care that is right for them. Hear like you once did. Call 704-295-3000 to schedule an appointment. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, they just make sense. Rob Longo and Matt Rachinsky with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care providers of your Charlotte Hornets after a 112-102 loss for the Hornets in Utah last night. By the way, Charlotte has not won in Utah since 2006, so that's definitely going to have to change next season when Charlotte heads back out to the Beehive State. All right, Matt, time now for our silver linings. As the guest of honor, I will allow you to go first. Who is your silver lining? Well, it's not who yet. I'm going to say what. First of all, I'm going to say the silver 
underlining is that the West Coast trips are done. This is it. We got one more left on the West Coast. We've got them out of the way so far. But from a player's standpoint, I, I got to go back to my guy, Terry Rozier. I mean, the guy is just so incredibly fun to watch when he gets into that zone. It was hard to watch him play early. But that's what I mentioned. He was struggling early on. You could tell he was just trying to find that shot. Only had six points to the first three quarters. But then he gets into that fourth quarter, gets into that rosier zone where he's kind of got that look on his face like you know that he wants the basketball and he's going to bring it to you and he's going to take any shot that he wants. And he scored 14 points in the fourth. You know, 5'11 from the field, four of eight threes, four three-pointers in the fourth quarter. I think that you saw a little bit of that weariness get to him late in the fourth quarter at the Hornets had fought so hard to come back and take the lead. Some of those uh, last late you know three-pointers the legs might have been a little weary but overall seeing Terry respond the way he did that late in the game after being out for so long kind of getting that win back as we talked about Terry's got to be the guy for me for the silver lining I hope that he stays in this zone as we head to Denver. Mello to his right around the Plumlee screen back to Rozier open look for three it's good and it's a one possession game timeout Utah. Terry Rozier was definitely in a slump. There's no way putting around it. He was in a slump the last couple of games ever since he came back from health and safety protocols. He had 20 points in Dallas. That was his first game back after missing the last four. 8 of 14 from the floor was solid. Second game, 13 points, 5 of 12 from the floor. But then he went cold beginning in Portland. He was 1 of 10 from the floor, just two points in that loss against the Trailblazers. And then the other night in Phoenix, he only had four points and was 2 of 10 from the floor. So definitely shooting his way out of a slump. And here's what Terry Rozier had to say about that after last night's game. Never lost my confidence. Started making shots. Human miss shots, make shots. See, it happens. I think I'm in a little bit of a slump right now, but my teammates and my coaches do a good job of still believing in me, and I know I'm going to turn around. We've seen this before. Stay with it, stay confident, get in the gym. We, go, we got our practice days, we get up some shots, so just got to stay confident. It's no turn for us, and we just got to believe that. Pretty simple words by T-Row there. Just, you know, kind of shoot your way out of a slump is what they usually say about this map. But, you know, it was really good, like I said, to get Terry back on track last night. With that said, my silver lining, I have to go with Jalen McDaniels coming off the bench, stepping up big time. Trent Forrest has his pocket picked by Jalen McDaniels. McDaniels free run. McDaniels rising up for the lay, and it's good. Jalen McDaniels, outstanding defense. He's got seven points. And the Hornets use the run to cut the deficit down to 16. Like I mentioned in the previous segment, McDaniels finishes with 14 points, five rebounds, two blocks, and a steal as well. You heard the steal right there, but he finishes with 26 minutes on the floor. The thing that really impressed me, though, Matt, was six of eight from the floor shooting, including two of two from beyond the arc. And here's what Jalen had to say after the game last night about just kind of staying ready and staying consistent for these instances where he is called upon to step up because of some injuries. Just out there just playing hard, you know, just doing what I can do, you know, to help the team win, you know, hitting open shots, just being aggressive, making the right plays, at least trying to. So, and on defense, just bringing the energy, just trying to be the best defender out there, just doing everything. Matt, I've said it time and time again here on the Hornets Hivecast on our Hornets Radio Network broadcast that my two biggest surprises, my pleasant surprises really for this season have been Jalen McDaniels and Cody Martin. Obviously, Cody Martin is currently in health and safety protocols. We wish him a speedy recovery and hopefully he's back on the floor sooner rather than later. But Jalen McDaniels with another big game last night stepping up because again, Gordon Hayward did not play due to some stiffness in his back. He was held out. Kelly Oubre had to get slotted into the starting lineup. So that opened up a 
spot for Jalen McDaniels to create that impact that he had last night. Yeah, and the thing I like about Jalen is the confidence that he's showing. You know, when he was out there on the court, he wanted the basketball as well. And, and this is something that when we talk about development of these players, you mentioned yourself. Cody Martin and the breakthrough year that he's having right now, that's kind of what Jalen reminded me of tonight, or last night. Because you look at the way that he played, they needed somebody to kind of step in and fill that role. Like you mentioned, you've got Kelly Oubre who moved in from coming off the bench to being in the starting lineup. You didn't have Cody Martin. So you needed someone to really kind of step in, make that quick impact. Jalen McDaniels did it, and he did it effectively. And for a while there, I wondered if he was going to miss or not. He started off 6 of 6 from the field. So he was playing really well, and if not for his play, if not for the play of Nick Richards, those two guys, they performed tremendously at the start of that second quarter when it looked like things were really going to get out of control after that first. So credit the bench, credit what Booknight did as well. All of those guys did a great job stepping up to kind of get us back into this game with a little mini 11-0 run to kickstart things again. So I like it when a guy like Jalen can go out there, show the confidence that he's playing with, and really kind of start to take over because that's what he needs to do in those minutes when he gets them. Once again, Hornets fall on the road in Utah, 112-102 to last night, again falling to 16-17 and on a regular season. We've talked a lot about the bench play and how a lot of these younger players have really stepped up, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more in our next segment as the latest edition of Real Access has dropped on Hornets.com. Highly encourage you to check it out. It's great stuff as always, but we will discuss the ins and outs of Real Access and our takeaways from it next right here on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. Rob Longo and Matt Rachinski with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta and Matt. The latest edition of Real Access dropped last night. You might have missed it a little bit caught in the shuffle because it came out right after the game with everything going on. Of course, a late night out on the West Coast in Utah Mountain Time to be exact, but it's still late enough here in the Queen City at any rate. The latest episode of Real Access dropped yesterday. Talks a lot about how the team really had to step up. These young players really had to step up because of these health and safety protocols that the Hornets had to go through, missing up to seven people for that Sacramento game, which again, when you go back and you think about it, it's just really hard to believe how the Hornets were able to pull out a win. Anytime, doesn't matter who you're playing, but anytime you win an NBA game with seven of your main rotational guys missing, including a handful of starters, it's really impressive. So, you know, just kind of take us through the episode and what were some of your main takeaways from this latest edition of Real Access. Yeah, it's crazy when you, you want to talk behind the scenes of the behind the scenes episode. Methods. This is one of those where we tried to get episodes out probably between a week to two weeks apart, but sometimes something might happen, something might come up, or COVID might outbreak might kind of hit. That's exactly what happened to this team. You know, as, as we were getting into those health and safety protocols, it really blew up what our storyline was. And sometimes you have to adjust on the fly like that when you're putting these kind of series together. So it was one where we're like, okay, this is something we have to refocus on kind of look at these other players who are going to be coming in and let's kind of follow and see how this all happens to work. You know, you didn't expect to start over with the big, huge win over the Hawks to kind of start things off when Miles had the best statement kind of coming out there. And I love these little behind-the-scenes clips that we get from these from our team and our videographers that, that are there because, you know, Miles is looking at one of them as he's walking out just talking about, hey, we just got to go out and have fun. Or the shot of JB talking to them before the game in the hotel saying, hey, 
we've all done this before. We've all been in situations where we were had our backs against the wall. And it's just good to see the way that he's able to kind of deliver that message to the guys. And they came out and responded, led by Miles Bridges, obviously was had a big game. So it's just been so fun to kind of watch and see the progression of these guys. And that's what you got to see. No one really knew what was going to happen when all of a sudden we're saying we've got basically half the Greensboro swarm up playing for the Hornets at that point in time. We had six players that had come up periodically over the course of that time. So to see these guys hear their stories, watch them behind the scenes, watch things develop, and to see those two huge dunks, let's be honest. I mean, the JT Thor dunk and the James Booknight monster dunks over Philly, those were just amazing. And and those are going to be things that I think Hornets fans are going to remember for a long, long time. So make sure you guys tune in if you haven't had a chance to. Like you said, it's on Hornets.com. Please give it a watch. It's a little longer. Sometimes our episodes do get a little longer depending on the content, but there was so much in this one and so many little individual storylines that just kind of matriculated as more and more players just continued to step up. I joked the last time we talked about Real Access, I joked around, I forget who the guest was, but I said, I don't care that, you know, Real Access is this long. I would rather have it be, you know, I'm waiting for the days when Real Access is going to be a full-length feature film where each episode is 30 minutes to 50 minutes to an hour where I can sit down on my TV and kind of binge it like Netflix a little bit. But with that said, the biggest thing that I took away with it, well, not quite the biggest thing, but one of the things that I found interesting was after that win in Atlanta, all those players out due to health and safety protocols, the team was FaceTiming LaMelo Ball (laughs) in the locker room. And that was just an incredible sight to see. I mean, LaMelo is one of those guys where he just loves the game of basketball. He oozes with just this desire to play the game. I can't imagine what it was like for him to sit out all of those games due to health and safety protocols where he couldn't really do anything. I mean, he couldn't, you know, maybe, you know, dribble between the legs while he's sitting on the couch or something like that. But, you know, laying down and, and working on his shooting form, those kind of things. But there wasn't really much for Melo to do. It's very easy to watch that game and just kind of be like, you know, I wish I was there. But to FaceTime the team after the game and be part of that locker room celebration was just another level to the camaraderie that this team has. You're right. That, that's, you hit it right on the head. Camaraderie is what you have to think about when you see something like that, how much these guys really do love each other and how much they really pull for each other. And it wasn't, you know, it's not just on the FaceTime call as we've been going through all of this throughout this little two-week spurt, you could see these guys on social media. They were following. They were watching the games. They, they might have had to stay home and stay quarantined, but they were making sure to stay up with things. They were talking to their teammates, telling them what a great job they had done. After games, calling out guys, especially Miles as well, those guys you know really got in his corner. It's just great to see these guys rally around each other the way that they have. And it's even better when you're able to capture something like that on film. And again, that gives all the credit in the world to the staff that we have that's over there putting together these real access episodes for our fans because what they're bringing in them is definitely further than we've ever gone before. One more final takeaway for me on this edition of Real Access. It kind of highlights, you know, how these young players have stepped up, especially guys like James Booknight, because I think all the way back to the preseason during training camp where there was a question by Terry Rozier after practice one day saying, you know, you got a guy like James Booknight. How do you help him get acclimated to the NBA? And Terry Rozier point blank just said, kill him. You kill him. I mean, you just kind of, you get on him, you work him hard and hope that, you know, the old saying holds true where it's no pressure, no diamonds and that sort of thing. So we've been waiting for James Booknight to have his opportunity. He finally got it. He showed out in a big way and he was able to kind of provide a little bit of a spark coming off the bench in last night's game as well. So, you know, just really good stuff to see all of these younger players not only stay ready, but be ready and not, you know, fall behind too much in the 
moment because, you know, there's sometimes where it's very easy to crumble under all that pressure. But if anything, you know, these rookies and these young players, they kind of go out there and they don't play with any fear. They kind of go out there and they just say, I got nothing to lose. I've been waiting for my opportunity. And here it is. And this edition of Real Access did a really good job of portraying that as well. Yeah, every one of those guys, you knew Book was eventually going to get his moment and and they've all been waiting for their moment. And so many of them got their moment over the course of the filming of this episode. And every one of them, it feels like to me, stepped up and grabbed that brass ring to kind of, you know, give themselves a shot and and put themselves on the map. I think one of the coolest things you mentioned, Book, and you mentioned what Terry had to say, you know, about him before, Miles in the episode calls Book one of those New York cool guys. You know, he's just cool in any situation. And I love that kind of explanation of him. That's the kind of mentality that it seems like he brings to the court. He's ready to go whenever. You tell me it's my time, it's going to be my time. And when we see see that he's able to drop 24 the way he was in one game, it's just great to see that he's got that ability in him. And I think we're going to see more games like that. And we're going to see more of this cool guy out there on the court, I think, in the near future. Once again, Real Access latest episode just dropped yesterday on Hornets.com. Highly recommended if you haven't checked it out already. Definitely a great watch just based off of what the team has gone through over the last couple of weeks. Really gives you a perspective on things despite, you know, the record looking at 16 and 17. There are definitely brighter days ahead, whether it's this season, whether it's in the future. The Hornets are definitely in good hands. That'll do it for this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Vice President of Digital Media, Matt Rachinsky, thank you so much for staying up late with us on these West Coast games and joining me on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Not a problem, man. I look forward to being on again. Can't wait to be on here with you, Rob. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. A reminder, the Hornets are not in action until Thursday, so we have a little bit of catching up to do. We'll have some player profiles coming up for you, with the next one being Arnoldus Kabolka. Really interesting sit-down that Sam Farber had with him just a few days ago. You'll be able to hear that tomorrow right here on the Hornets Hivecast. But in the meantime, for Matt Rachinsky, I'm Rob Longo saying thank you so much for joining us today and we'll see you here tomorrow once again on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.